It makes sense that on this second Sunday of Advent, we continue with our message series for the second week we call Waiting Well. The funny thing about waiting is when we want to wait, we're okay with that if we want to wait for something. But when we're told that we have to wait, we tend to get impatient and don't want to wait. In those instances, we might say, we hate to wait. Waiting has become more difficult in our world because we have so many things available to us on demand. On demand, like things even from your software company. You can subscribe to something like Microsoft 365 and get the latest updates right away. You can even get updates that don't work quite right yet. How's that for not waiting? I have to admit, I do give in to that sometimes and then often regret it because all of a sudden my computer is frozen or something and I'm locked out. Ah. When we're talking about waiting well this Advent, that would be the antithesis of waiting well, of which I am often guilty. I'm probably an expert at putting square pegs in round holes. Just give me a big enough hammer. It'll fit. We use software in our control room to run all of our screens and live stream. Tony does a great job with all that, along with those he's trained to help. Not too long ago, though, Tony went for the latest update because he was enticed by the software company to get the latest and the greatest as soon as possible. It would make his life so much better, they said. He doesn't usually fall into that. But the next thing we know, Tony is in the control room pulling his hair out, the slides don't work, the live stream is dead, and Joey, our music director, does a head slap so hard he practically falls off the piano bench because the words are not on the screen. Software companies even tell you, hey, this might not work, but here you go. And how many of us cheer that and say, yes, just give it to me so I have the latest and the greatest, even if it doesn't work quite right yet. How does that really make sense, though? We can get things like movies, music, all sorts of things on demand. You can cook your dinner in a microwave in three and a half minutes. Wow. Boy, I hate to wait. How about you? Sometimes when I've been praying for something or hoping that something happens and it does not happen, God is telling me, to wait. But there are times when I did not listen and charged ahead and tried to make that thing happen anyway, fit the square peg in a round hole per se. That typically does not turn out well for me because I didn't let God's will be done. I tried to force my own will into the situation. Can you think of a time in your life where maybe God was telling you to wait, but you did not listen and ah, it didn't turn out too well. When God tells us to wait, he wants to do something beautiful for us. When God tells us to wait, he wants to actively give us his grace during our waiting. By actively then receiving his grace, we mean to open ourselves up to God's unmerited favor. That's what we mean by grace, God's unmerited favor. 
When God's telling us to wait, he wants to work on us in some beautiful, profound way that we don't even know about yet. This is especially true during Advent. In waiting for Christmas, we want to actively receive God's grace. Actively receive God's grace by opening our hearts and our souls to his unmerited favor. It's an unmerited favor because we don't deserve it and we cannot possibly earn it. God just wants to give it to you. But you have to wait. So you might wonder to yourself, if I have to wait, for what am I waiting? And that's a great question. So I ask you, when it comes to Advent, for what are you waiting? And please don't just tell me you're waiting for Christmas because that's way too general, not specific enough. If we're going to wait well, we have to know what we're waiting for. What are you hoping to happen? Theologically, we may have fancy, fancy phrases like, oh, I have expectant longing. Okay, fine. For what are you longing specifically? If you cannot name that for which you are waiting or longing, then we don't know what we're supposed to be doing now to prepare while we wait so that we can wait well. If you don't know what you're longing for from God, you'll get stuck. You say, well, I'm waiting for Christmas. I'm waiting for the birth of Jesus. But here's a new news flash. That happened over 2,000 years ago. You don't have to wait for that. Advent is not about pretending that we're living before Jesus. We're not waiting for Jesus to come into the world per se. What you want to be waiting for is longing for Jesus to come into your world, certain areas of your life and your world and your heart. That's what we're waiting for. So I ask you, where do you want Jesus to enter your life? That's what this Advent can be all about for you and me. Where are you hoping for him to come into your life? In the gospel, we hear about John the Baptist telling the people to get ready, prepare the way of the Lord. We know that story pretty well, right? He's baptizing people in preparation for Jesus' coming into their lives, out there in the Jordan River, telling everybody, repent and get ready. But what do they have to do first before he baptizes them? We often miss this, I think. He tells them they must name their sins. That's like when you go to confession, we name what needs to change in our lives. We take ownership for that. Identify it, name it, claim it, and say we want to change it. Perhaps those are the things we should be waiting for. What are you waiting for this Advent? What are you hoping is different for you this Christmas? Maybe something that's right and true in your life now that could be different. Be specific. If you can't figure anything out, maybe frame it this way. Let me ask you this. What kind of person do you ultimately want to be? Maybe you want to be the kind of person who says thank you and means it, even when we don't initially feel grateful. Maybe I want to have a better relationship with my spouse or my children, a better relationship with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I want to be a better brother 
sister, or friend. I want to be the kind of person that says, you're welcome, even when that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable for some reason. I want to be the positive person in the room when others are being negative. I want to be the kind of person that encourages others on a regular basis, especially encouraging people to live out their Christian lives in this world. I want to be the kind of person that even when I'm a bit stressed getting ready for Christmas, I'm considerate and thinking of other people. I want to be the kind of person who can sometimes say no when I need to say no to the plethora of invitations I receive over the holidays so that I can have the best Christmas yet with God and my family and be the stress-free kind of person God wants me to be. What kind of person do you want to be? For what are you waiting? Maybe there's a specific sin you want to grow beyond, a sin that's holding you back. Name it and invite Jesus there. Go to confession and with his help, work on getting beyond it. The point is, don't just sit around waiting in some sort of passive way for Christmas. Take some time today to consider the following and write down a specific response. I'm going to ask you about that next week. How did it go? What kind of person do you want to be? Jot that question down for yourself. Where and how do you want to invite Jesus into your life, your world, your heart, where you have not yet invited him so that with his help, you may change more into the kind of person you want to be and ultimately the kind of person God wants you to be. For what are you waiting? What kind of person do you ultimately want to be?